We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Kits and Wagers. I'm Adam Zadroy, joined by Chris Owen to talk game week nine in the Premier League. Uh, we're a little tired here. We're coming in early Thursday morning. We had, we've had we slept for the past 10 days over the international break, so we're, we're well rested, but we just got up. So a bit of a hibernation. Chris, welcome back. Hope you had a good international break. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you were on daddy duty pretty early this morning. I, uh, which, you know, that's a lot of work. And, you know, the kid, you got to take care of a little person. Um, <laughs> I had, I, on the other hand, had a, I had a late men's league game last night. And, you know, of course, no, no men's league game is ever anywhere between before 830. So you get home, you know, you have a bowl of cereal, maybe stretch out a little bit. <laughs> You have cereal and not like eggs or something, some protein after your game? No, I'm a big, I like cereal, cinnamon life to be exact. <laughs> um, so, you know, you get into that and then by the time you stretch out and you've calmed down and it rolls around, it's like, you know, midnight or 1 a.m. or something ridiculous, something out of the norm of when I usually go to sleep. But most importantly, we're back, Kits and Wagers, game week nine. We had a little bit of a break, kind of interesting international break. Uh you know, it looks like it's it's always tough to uh, kind of uh, um, predict what the lineups are going to look like with so many players, at least for the big clubs playing in international games. Uh, there's injuries that happen. There's a lot of different variables, but uh, we have what looks like a massive, massive slate here this weekend. A uh, couple huge games, got the Merseyside Derby. Uh, Chelsea Arsenal, of course, is always a big game. There's some other big games outside of the, the, the big six clubs, too. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, to breaking it down here. And we do have a, 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 a team parlay that hopefully we're going to hit here. Hopefully we're going to hit. Yeah, we uh, last time we talked, uh, I lost a bet on Scott McTominay getting a brace in stoppage time. Uh, you, I mean, we, we bet the Burnley-Chelsea match, and Burnley started a bunch of random guys in their back line because – bunch of guys were injured, which we had no idea was going to happen. So, you know, that just kind of stuff that happens when you do shows on the day and not an hour before uh, hour before kickoff. But but we're here and we're back. So, yeah, the international break, as you said, it's it always brings a lot of questions of what's actually going to happen with these lineups. We've been with 
any of these injuries that pop up with national teams is, is usually not a ton of information. I think we've had three press conferences this morning, and I think all three of those press conferences were of teams that uh, do not play in, in UEFA. So, and then even then, Vincent Company was one of those guys, and his press conferences basically give you nothing in terms of injuries. He's just like, uh, uh, yeah, we're actually all the guys that were injured, we're getting some of them back, and some of them are gradual. Some these other guys maybe that maybe aren't as far along, but uh, but we're getting some guys back, and that's kind of all he says. So we don't know about Burnley, and that's kind of how it is for for a lot of these teams because these managers don't have to talk for two weeks basically. Uh, in terms of injuries and that kind of thing. So uh, we will have we will have to go over some injury issues as we get going here. But as Chris said, we got this Merseyside Derby up first. But rotowire.com slash soccer. Uh, we got FBL rankings up. We got Fantrax rankings up. I did predicted lineups video uh, on Wednesday. Again, that's that one went pretty long just because there's just a lot of stuff that uh, a lot of unknowns. And especially so this first one. Uh, first one, as in, I have the wrong one pulled up on the screen. So let me get the correct one. Go with the actual first game of the weekend, but <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Chris mentioned this to me earlier in the week. He's like, "Why is the Merseyside Derby always this early match? Why? I don't know. There might be like some rule to it of why it is uh, unclear. But we got the opening match. We got Liverpool are at home against Everton." Uh, Liverpool, they've been pretty steadily, uh, pretty big favorites here. Minus 280 to win. Everton are plus 700. The draw is plus 475. And then over three and a half goals is plus 105. Under three and a half goals, minus 130. So just before the break, we got Andrew Robertson. uh, Sorry, TAA, Trent Alexander-Arnold. He came back from his injury just before the break. Inconveniently, Andrew Robertson, it looks like he's going to need shoulder surgery. So Simikas expected to come in here at left back. Uh, that is the main thing. Otherwise, Everton are actually kind of healthy for the first time all season. Jack Harrison got his first start uh, with Everton just before the break. Dominic Calvert-Lewins racked up a couple starts in a row, so he's healthy again. So they actually are looking pretty good. And I guess just the big one is, is Robertson here. And Simikas, arguably a worse defender. But I'll, less, I'll let Chris uh, speak to the importance of Robertson in this Liverpool team here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a huge absence. Been nailed on starter since he's been there. Basically, uh, Simakas is, is pretty good, you know, going forward. But definitely, I th- the way that they play now, you know, with that that like box and three type of type of formation mm-hmm. where it kind of steps into the midfield. Robertson is kind of tasked with a lot more defensive duties, which I wouldn't describe as uh, Simakas's like specialty. He's a bit. He he's kind of like more of a marauding left back, I guess. But, yeah, so that'll be a big absence. And there hasn't – I mean, maybe I missed it in the last day or so, but there hasn't been a real timetable on Robertson's shoulder. Um, they said it was dislocated, so I don't – you know, if it dislocates, I don't – I'm not. I'm no medical professional, but sounds cool. kind of serious. And maybe yeah, if he got unit tendon issues, he should be able to return relatively soon. But I believe he got a scan with Liverpool yesterday, so probably Klopp's going to have some kind of – firm update on that once his press conference comes out yeah but frankly you know aside from that like he the half the whole starting 11 essentially was was out i think the only two players who were not on international duty were uh joe gomez maybe and joel Matip, and gomez is likely a, a bench guy anyways um 
But yeah, I mean, you got Nunez and McAllister coming from South America. I think they both played on Tuesday. And Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz playing coming from South America. I know, I mean, he was probably wasn't going to start, but Endo was playing for Japan pretty far away. And I think they had a, a Tuesday match or a late Monday match as well. Um, Sobosly played twice for Hungary, I believe. They did qualify for Euros. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I you know you have Gravenberch here in the starting eleven. I think that's the right call. He did not play for uh, the Netherlands U twenty one or the or the uh, national team. So I think this all makes pretty pretty much sense. But I would be weary of like McAllister. I think they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get kind of like last last international break they played Wolves in the early match too, and they had like arguably the worst half of their of their season. Um, so I would be surprised to see McAllister. Um, in the starting eleven, maybe I think he might. That's right. He he was started. terrible. He was he, like he subbed off at the break. Gagpo yeah. was subbed off at fifty six. Joto was subbed off at fifty six. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would I would I would be surprised. Maybe Nunez is back to the bench too, just because he's coming super far. And then um, Diego Diego Jota like would be probably he. I think he just came on as a sub for Portugal. Um, so I wouldn't be. I would. I think he would maybe make the starting eleven, but. Anyways, all that to say, this is a big match as usual. Um, it's been interesting. You know, Everton won this this match at Anfield as recent as two. Uh, I think that's twenty twenty one. They won it two nil. Um, that was when Liverpool was really struggling. I think so. Uh, but like looking back to it, you know, Liverpool typically dominate this. Um, and but you know, from a scoreline perspective, it's usually like two goals. You know, it's two nil um one one nil one one i can go back to i there was a uh, i think it was tw- it was four or five matches ago um liverpool won this this matchup five two but other than that the past i think 10 or so matches have all been under three and a half um somehow we're getting as of last night i need i did not double check this morning but we're getting under three and a half at minus 130 that kind of seems like a pretty safe play you know i i I hate to say it's a nailed on bet, but uh, um, I, right, if there's anything I've learned to start this season, that it's that uh, there are no nailed on bets. But uh, once I pull up the records, people yeah. will realize that. Yeah, yeah, we we have been struggling. Full transparency, um, but under three and a half, you know, it's you you go back last season. Liverpool won both ties two nil. Uh, the season before it was Everton two nil and Liverpool one nil. That that was in the FA Cup. The other match was that five two match that I mentioned. And then before that, it was uh, LFC one uh, nil, uh, Liverpool two one, and then they tied back. Uh, this is at Anfield one um, one in twenty seventeen. So yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of low scoring fares at Anfield, and I kind of expect it to go like that again. Um, and then a couple, I, I I found two other bets that were interesting. Uh, Darwin Nunez is minus 105 anytime goal scoring odds. While Mo Salah is minus 120, I found that kind of like it's not often that you at least you know during Mo Salah's time at Liverpool, it's he hasn't often been um, not the top anytime goal scoring odds. And then if you want to continue to bet on the on the trend of Liverpool giving up an early goal, you know, say the first like 30 minutes or so, you can take what is a fun bet uh, and that's Liverpool to win from behind. And that bet is plus five fifty. So not necessarily my bet of the week, but uh, if you want to, if you want to, and I, frankly, I thought those eyes, those odds would be higher, but uh, you can get that bet at plus five fifty, which is kind of fun. Plus five fifty. 
Yeah, when looking at this game, I, I came into this like, okay, Liverpool have been really good at home this season. And I was going to, you know, kind of look at that. They're minus 280, but I was going to go with the minus one and a half kind of thing. But if you look into it a little more, this matchup just, just it doesn't seem to correlate with how the teams are actually playing in general. I mean, you kind of touched on this just in terms of how these recent matchups have gone. It's just because, okay, we got a derby going. So anything can happen. Everton have come out with results when kind of no one expected them to kind of a thing. So that's what I'm kind of worried about with that. When I initially had in, you know, Liverpool minus one and a half, I, I kind of looked at it some more, thought about it a little bit. And I was like, well, Everton are actually playing well. And this is a, you know, this is a spot that is usually pretty tight. It's played pretty close. So I, I agree with what you're thinking of this one, um, even though, the odds are, odds, the odds suggest more goals just because of, okay, Liverpool are allowing tons of goals. Everton really haven't been playing that good defense either. So you can look at it like that and think goals, but just in terms of this matchup. Uh, so I, you know, looked around to see what I could find. And I thought three and a half corners was low for Everton. And I know this is in a lot of relation to Liverpool not allowing a ton of corners themselves at home. But I don't think four corners is that much. If we think this is going to be maybe a little tighter than what we expect, maybe Everton are going to get some opportunities here. And then we have, as Chris mentioned, some tired bodies, some tired guys on Liverpool coming from South America kind of thing. Uh, so maybe you throw that in there. Maybe Everton have a bunch of corners in the first half kind of thing. Maybe you actually take Everton race to three corners, something crazy like that. Um, but I'm just going Everton over three and a half corners. Seems like a low number, and I'm getting plus 120 on it. So uh, do, you, do you think Everton can get four corners here? It just, it just doesn't seem like a big number here for a team that is, is you know, seems to get a decent amount of opportunities, even if they don't convert them. Yeah. No, I think the past like few weeks, maybe past month, I've been a little bit of off on Adam's corners. And, you know, if you've, you've listened to the sh- his corner bets, if you've listened to the show, I've let him know. But this one I feel – like is a pretty strong bet. You look at, you know, you break down some of the numbers, Liverpool and Everton are, you know, about top half or, or top 10 in terms of corners one in the league. So uh, you do expect, uh, you know, it's not like Everton's bottom, bottom of the table in terms of winning corners. And then you go over to this handy dandy uh, cheat sheet, um, FPL cheat sheet that we have here on the rotowire.com website and uh, Liverpool, you know, they're giving up, it looks like 5.25 corners per, per match. Uh, so it doesn't, it does seem like this is over three and a half, you know, say four, four corners is, is a pretty strong bet. And then you'd couple in the fact that you're getting plus odds. I, I, I actually really like this bet, Adam. There you go. Yeah. The last corner bet I took uh, as we go into Manchester city's match, yeah. that's the next one we're talking about. So I took under four and a half corners in the second half. I originally liked the under two and a half goals and I was like, let's go corners instead. And then I, the, uh, under four and a half corners in the first half was like minus 130. So I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And it ended up, they had five, there's five corners in the second half and uh, I lost the bet. So uh, <laughs> that's what it is. But we got, we got Manchester city at home against Brighton. You know, a lot of these, these couple ga- big games or big teams, I guess, you know, there's Merseyside Derby, Manchester city home against Brighton. They're pretty decent sized favorites. And I don't think that's, I guess that's not overly surprising, but I think it's, it's, I don't know, it's interesting to, to an extent here. But Manchester City are minus 255 
if you're looking at the line movement on uh, our betting pages here, it's been it's been up and down a little bit, unclear reasons. Maybe just people are betting on Brighton kind of thing, but it was minus 270 about two weeks ago. Now it's minus 255. It went down to minus 240, 230 at times. Minus 255 for Manchester City to win. Brighton are plus 600 to win. Draw is plus 450. And then this is another game with goals expected. So we got over three and a half goals, minus 105, under three and a half goals, minus 120. So, Chris, basically every Brighton match seems to have goals because of the way they play. And now they're playing against Manchester City. Manchester City coming off the Arsenal loss, but they also get Rod Reed back into the team. And yep. they also get John Stones. John Stones came off the bench just for the break, got to start for England. So there's just another guy. They're pretty much almost fully healthy outside of De Bruyne, which I think is the first time that's been the case all season. And then you have Brighton. Uh, they have some injury issues. We know Stupinian's out. Lamptey, the his injury situation is, is kind of unknown. He missed the game before the break. Sally March had to play fullback for them, uh, which changed up their lineup a little bit. Uh, I think that was the, the Liverpool game just for the break. So Brighton has some injury issues, and they're going to the Etihad against Manchester City, and they already have, and they already already are allowing a ton of goals. So uh, do you think Brighton can keep Manchester City out here? No. Short answer, no. You you mentioned, I mean, the biggest aspect here is that Rodri is back in the lineup for City. We saw what happens when he is not in the lineup for uh, for Man City, and it, and it like it would. We kind of, I mean, I I think I was aware of, of of how important he was for City, but when he comes out of the lineup and you saw the results, you know, they I think that immediately they lost. Was it the League Cup to Newcastle with him out? They lost to Wolverhampton as well, um, and then they lost to Arsenal. So was that all three games that he was missing from the starting eleven? They lost all three games. So yeah, you know, you talk about that's an important player. Um, so it'll be good for them to get get them back in here, uh, back at home where they're you know they're good everywhere, but especially at home, uh, pretty much a full lineup. I I do think that that city have no problem dispatching of Brighton on uh, on Saturday, but. There's a, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I, I, I forgot what I have here. Actually, I gotta do. You have Brighton. You have Brighton plus one and a half. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So two, <laughs> two more aspects here. Uh, Brighton hosting Ajax on Thursday in the uh, in Euro, uh, European play, and then City are traveling to Switzerland to face Young Boys. Uh, I I was all over the place on this one. There's there's a bunch of interesting bets. I ended up taking Brighton plus one and a half. It's minus one thirty. I think that they are. You know, I don't expect them to take points here. Let me be clear, but I do expect them to keep it close. The injuries make me a little bit weary. Um, but you look back at, at their mo- most recent matchups here, and Brighton have actually been able to to you know they they drew them one one. I mean, yes, that might have been. That was in May last year, late May, and as uh, City were <clears throat> preparing for the Champions League final, I believe. But they drew them 1-1. Um, that was at home, of course, and then uh, they have been able to be- they beat Brighton before 3-2. That was also at home, so take note of that. But I think more or less that they can maybe lose by you know, less than two goals here is what my, my take is. But I do think that you know I'm a little – City being back to full strength is a bit concerning, but – in terms of, I wanted to ask you the question because the you know four goals is a lot for an over and or an under. Do you do you lean over over three and a half or under three and a half? I you know I think I have one way. I think I'm thinking here, but I'm I'm curious to, as to what you're you're thinking on the over or the under. 
I wouldn't take the under. I think it's just too difficult here uh, to be on the under between these teams. Are you are you going if if you're thinking Brighton are going to keep it close? You're thinking probably a three two result. Then you read my mind, and then yeah, I mean, that I got, got, that goes into my bet. So I'll just say it here. I got Manchester yeah. City over two and a half goals is plus one hundred, and it kind of just goes into what I said about Brighton. They're already allowing goals, throwing some injuries. Not not a great situation in terms of that, and now they're going against a Manchester City team who have lost back to back Premier League matches, uh, and then they have you know young boys. Okay, I'll, I was going to say fairly easy, but it is yeah. it is away from home, but a favorable uh, midweek Champions League game. So maybe there will be some rotation in that one, and you know this is the time to to get the three points at home against Brighton, and. I know they have Pascal Gross back, and I mean that means a lot for Brighton. But I just don't know if if they play the way that they have been playing in all these games under Deserby. If they play like that, whether where they make men, they're going to make a ton of mistakes in the back line. That's just not going to end well against Holland. Uh, that's, yeah. that's I guess if they change completely change their strategy because they're playing Manchester City, uh, maybe this will be lower scoring. But I'm not going to bank on Deserby to randomly change his strategy when I don't think he really, they haven't really done that under him in the past year. So Manchester city over two and a half goals is plus 100. Chris yeah. is thinking Brighton, keep it close plus one and a half with Brighton. Yeah. There's two other things here that I, I wanted to discuss, but yeah, there's a, another good one since we're thinking three, two is uh, both teams have scored no draw. That's minus one hundred five. So even if it's like two one or three two, or you know, City still pull it out. I I, I kind of love that bet too. Um, and then there was a you can do if you're if you're uh, you can do Man City or tie, so double chance essentially, and over three and a half, and that's minus one twenty. So you know, you couple put a couple things together. You put City basically taking an A point away at home, which is kind of what I feel like is a given. And then you just you go over the three and a half, and it's it's minus one twenty two. So You've got some options there. I think we're safely safe to say that we're all over Man City here at home. Yeah, the one worry I have with taking like both teams to score no draw in the uh, Manchester City matches is just I know they allow goals. They there's been many times a season where they allow goals, even though they you know gave up four or five shots a game. But it, it, they're just one of the teams where it's like they can get a clean sheet against anyone. And even even a team like Brighton, I, I always think that's in the cards. But I would agree with that bet in terms of thinking that this is going to be like a 3-1, 4-1, 3-2, whatever kind of game. So, yeah. Next game. we got a third game we're talking about. We're talking about three Saturday matches because it's a weird – it's kind of a weird schedule, a little different than usual. There's a – there's one – so there's eight matches on Saturday, and then there's one on Sunday – and then there's one on Monday. Tottenham, of course, are on Monday because, you know, they don't have UEFA competition to worry about. But Chelsea are home against Everton. I'm not I'm not going to get into this. I'm not salty at all. But there's <laughs> – all right, I'm going to get into this real quick. But somehow Tottenham – I mean, no UEFA competition, but they're playing on a, uh, on, a, on a Monday after the international break. I was looking at this stat because it was in an athletic article. But most 12:30 kickoffs after international breaks since 2016-17, Liverpool with 13 early kickoffs. The next closest, Chelsea with five. Just, just gonna speak that into existence. Why is that? 
I don't know. I, I mean, Klopp classically, you know, many people see it as, as complaining, which, you know, essentially it is, but uh, they're always, they're always playing in the early game. I think the Man City, I don't know if this is after an international break too, but I mean, they put last international break played out, played Wolves. This one here, they are playing Everton in the early one. And then I think they have, I saw the Man City game is going to be fourth uh, or 1230 kickoff as well. Uh, local. So I don't know. Weird. Not sure, but at least statistically, he has a, a reason to kind of moan. Yeah, it's almost like it's kind of a. I don't know if I want to say it's just like a TV thing. Maybe the Liverpool yeah, fans, hundred percent a TV thing. You know, like the Liverpool fans wake up earlier than everyone else, <laughs> and they're more well, likely like, to watch the, their games that are earlier than everyone else's. I don't know. It's, it's not like twelve thirty local is is uh, early, you know, for for those folks. But uh, yeah. Yeah, just not even speaking from exact numbers, it does seem like you rarely have like Manchester City matches at 7.30 a.m. Eastern in that early slot on Saturday. Maybe here and there, but it just seemed like Liverpool are more likely to be in that spot. But, all right, let's get to this match here. Sorry, I I, I, I took this off-road there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chelsea are home against uh, Arsenal. Chelsea are plus 210. These odds have been pretty consistent over the past couple weeks. Plus 210 to win. Arsenal are plus 130 to win, coming off that big win against Manchester City. The draw is plus 250, so all pretty close there. And then we're going to get over 2.5 goals is minus 110, under 2.5 goals, minus 110. So there you go. It's right there in that 2.5 implied goal total. So a little different than the other games we talked about. Even match. Lower scoring, Arsenal coming off a 1-0 win, Chelsea coming off some wins. Chelsea's injury list remains remains questionable here. Uh, there's a lot of lot of issues, but overall they get Malo Gusto back from his suspension. Uh, Mudrik also started a couple matches over the break, so he's going to be ready to start again. You know, while they have a bunch of injuries, they have had this lineup for a few weeks for at least a month where they've been kind of starting the same guys because they don't have much of a bench. I don't think Reese James is going to be ready to start yet. We'll see what Pochettino says at his press conference. We'll see what the status of Cole Palmer is after he picked up some kind of issue uh, with England over the international break. But otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of injuries here, but a lot of them are, I guess Nicholas Jackson also had a surgery on his wrist. So there's another one, but you know, I think he's going to be playing through that. So I don't think that's a massive issue. And of course, Bukayo Saka did not play against Manchester City. He is, I've really not seen a ton of updates about him over the break. So I, I'd assume that he's going to be 
ready to start, but there's a chance maybe Arsenal aren't really letting out some information uh, that would be that would let us know, let us in on that one. So some injury things, but maybe at the end of the day, maybe not a ton of uh, injury issues that are going to affect this matchup. But what do you think? Can Chelsea put up a fight here at home against Arsenal? I think so. Yeah. I mean, they're, they've won three in a row. You know, one of those matches was a league cup match against Brighton, but they've only conceded one goal in their past three matches. I mean, we know, we know they're pretty solid defensively. It's the ability to put the soccer ball in the back of the net that, that kind of trips them up frequently. Um, as you know, the, the, sur- the wrist surgery for Jackson is a little bit concerning. It sounds like he'll play though. Yeah. It you know. seems like he'll play. I don't know why he wouldn't play, Following okay. like a wrist surgery from ten days ago, but yeah, he's got he'll get like the Luis Suarez uh, tape job going on with some, yeah something like that. I think he'll be yeah. fine. Um, and then I mean Saka for has it been back to back matches here where where uh, Arteta man Arteta I'm, I'm like trying to set up my FPL team you know on a Friday morning or whatever and Saka's quotes are like oh yeah so, you know or, uh, Arteta's quotes are Saka you know he's he's questionable. And he likes he starts against Luton Town. I, I can't remember if he started against City, um, but like he like- he didn't he wasn't in the squad against City. That was okay. that was like uh, I read the news on that one. So so Saka in that game against Manchester City, all these like unclaimed rumors. People are like he's good to go. Saka's going to start whatever. In Arsenal, where they kind of knew he wasn't going to play, but they were like looking at the rumors. It was like, okay, if, if the rumors are going to say this, then we're going to, you know, mess around and be like, okay, yeah, yeah uh, we don't know what his actual status is. And they were just kind of trick. They're kind of tricked the media because the media was putting out these, these unfound rumors basically about his status. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, that, that, that I'm just not sure of, but if he starts, I, I mean, Arsenal, I, I sent a couple my bets to Adam last night. Um, couple, you know, a few, a few bets to Adam last night as we as I prepared for. The you show. woke up at six a.m. and had to change your bet because you you slept on it and didn't like it. <laughs> this is accurate. I was like, you know, uh, t- you know, testosterone still buzzing from from uh, met, uh, from playing soccer last night, and uh, I'm setting bets. I'm like, ah, first one. You know, I, I usually go just like troll through all the bets and just like write a few down that I'm, I'm, I'm liking. First one was a uh, Arsenal money line. Uh, and that was plus plus one thirty. I was like, yeah, I'll send that to him. I'll send a, you know, I'll send a couple other bets just, just so he, you know, gets in my headspace a little bit. Tries to, and uh, I woke up this morning. First thought was like, don't take Arsenal money line. You know, Chelsea won three straight. They're looking better. You know, excuse me. I got a little sneeze. <laughs> Yeah, Chelsea. I will say before, before, Chelsea, before Chris continues, the one thing I want to bring up with Chelsea is that it seems like they've had a pretty easy schedule. Like they had that that early yeah. thing is the opener against Liverpool is 1-1. But, I mean, you look at a lot of these results, it's like, who are they playing? They lost that home game against Aston Villa. That was the game that Malu Gusto had the red card. Uh, just a lot of bottom 10 sides outside of, okay, the trip to West Ham is also in there. But just the schedule, it's like, okay, playing these teams, and then it's like, all right, now we're playing Arsenal. So it's definitely a step up in competition for them, especially yeah. when you consider they're not in UEFA play either. So, Yes, very true. Thanks for letting me recover from a, a, a deadly sneeze there. But yeah, anyways, what I was saying is it's 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 tough to 
you know, there's there's a couple other things to consider, which is the over two and a half. That's minus one ten. Um, I I was looking at the recent matches here last. I mean, Arsenal's been kind of dominating over the past at least four matches. Three uh, one. That one was at home last season. They won one zero at the at the Bridge. Uh, they did beat uh, Chelsea again four nil in the League Cup. That was probably I didn't take a look at what the rosters were for that. Uh, and then they won four uh, two at Chelsea. So th- there's been a fair bit of goals at least in a few of the matches. Uh, I kind of like the over here. I think you might be on something different. Uh, the over two and a half is minus one ten. Uh, and then if you want to sweeten the pot, um, <clears throat> you can find a, a little a parlay here, and that's. Uh, basically Arsenal double chance, uh, tire Arsenal that's over two and a half and you get into the plus one thirty five. However, that's not my bet. My bet here. I'm, I'm channeling, I'm channeling my inner Adam. Um, I'm, I'm getting over to the corners. Uh, I'm, I'm usually not one to take the corners, but it's just like looking at some of the stats, uh, you know, so to, to be clear here, Arsenal leading the Premier league with 69 total corners. The next closest team is uh, Manchester United with 58. So, I mean, that's a good 11, goal, 11 corner spread there on the next team. Um, and then you, you look at Chelsea, who's like basically bottom half of the table in corners. They have 43 corners. And I'm going to go to the Arsenal race to corner, three corners bet. It's minus 130. I'm a, you know, I, I just, and then you also, you know, we, on the on this handy dandy cheat sheet that we have here on rotowire.com, you can see at corners conceded and, Arsenal currently are conceding a, you know, they're, I think they're at the bottom of the table in terms of corners given up. So they're, they're, they're taking the most corners and they're giving up the least amount of corners. So that makes you, you know, leads me to believe maybe I should take the Arsenal race to three corners at minus 30, 130. If you're a little, you know, say you're like, Hey, you know, things happen early in the match. Um, you know, Chelsea can be pressing for a goal, have some early pressure. You could go to the uh, Arsenal race to five corners. That is also uh plus one ten. but for the sake of, the kits and wagers bet here. I'm taking Arsenal race to three corners. Adam, as our in-house corner expert, any thoughts? Uh, I think this is an interesting match. It's an interesting match, I'll say, because because we don't have a, a massive history of of, of po- this Pochettino Chelsea team against a team like Arsenal. And you mentioned some of those corner numbers. Okay, I I almost kind of lean towards getting better numbers with with Chelsea race to corners, but kind of hard to go against Arsenal with that. I'm instead for my bet, I kind of taken my same approach that I had with the Arsenal Manchester City game. Kind of under the impression that okay, this is going to be defensive. Chelsea are at home. We know they struggle to score. I think they're going to try and they're going to want this to be low scoring. Uh, I believe, and then Arsenal away from home. I don't think this is a tough spot to score as it is. So I'll just say my bet under two and a half goals. This is the bet I kind of wanted to take against uh, Arsenal Manchester City two weeks ago. And then, you know, I looked at recent results and then I didn't believe in it for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm going to go with it here and hopefully it'll hit this time. So under two and a half goals is minus 110. Uh, Along those same lines, I do also like the under corners bets as well. So maybe that doesn't come into play with the race to three, but at the end of the day, Arsenal probably will have more possession. Um, you look at some of those Chelsea corner numbers against weaker teams, and it is kind of it is kind of iffy. So with with a healthy Martinelli back as well, I think that also helps Arsenal corners. 
Um, but I, I do like that uh, to an extent. Arsenal race to three corners, minus 130. But one thing I was looking at when I was just looking at these odds here. So we have Arsenal as a favorite. But if we look at these goal scorer odds, I, I think you can find this in, in a few games, at least even matches. There's just the odds are incorrect. So I'm looking at this on, on DraftKings. So Gabriel Jesus, Eddie Nketiah. As a favorite, they're plus 260 as an anytime goal scorer. The Chelsea forwards, Nicholas Jackson, plus 230. Raheem Sterling, plus 240. Even Saka, plus 280. Martinelli, plus 275. Odegaard, plus 300. So it's like, why Arsenal are favored here, yet their top goal scorers have worse odds than the Chelsea forwards do. So like, if you if you like Arsenal in this spot, look at those goal scoring odds. Yeah. Look at Jesus. Look at Saka. Odegaard even if Saka doesn't start Odegaard maybe on PK's kind of a thing you're getting value there yeah you're getting value right there yeah isn't Odegaard already on PK's um the thing is we're we don't fully know because in the Arsenal's last game so Saka or maybe it was a couple games ago maybe uh, I can't remember exactly what game it was but Saka wasn't in Odegaard gave the PK to someone else. He took the first PK and then he gave it to someone else. What it might have been the Bournemouth game. Uh something funny happened in that one. I, I can't no, remember who was the Arsenal PK earlier in the season. Wait, Havertz took it. Pitch, was on the pitch and Odegaard took it over Sock. I I know this because I got both in FPL and I was like, all right, well, good to know. Yeah. It was, so, I think it was, it was that Bournemouth game. They scored four goals. Odegaard took a PK over Saka, and then their fourth goal, Havertz was on, and Arteta's like, "Let's oh, get this right. guy. Let's get right. this guy's confidence up, yeah. and Havertz will he'll take one." So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, plus three hundred for for Odegaard PKs, yeah. even if Saka's on, that's that's a pretty good, pretty good yeah, number as well. Super good point too. I saw that as well, and I was like, "Why are they favored away yet? Like, have none of their goal scorers?" <laughs> As like you know the top goal scorers, whereas Chelsea, I, f- I forgot who it was. I like that. But maybe it was Jackson who has the top goal scoring odds, but it's like it, may- it didn't make sense to me either. Um, yeah, maybe something to exploit with like a Martinelli, uh, Martinelli better uh, Odegaard, or, as you mentioned, Saka as well. Yeah, you could technically look at it like okay, maybe maybe Arsenal have more goal scorers, more guys who could score, kind of a thing, but. It's not like Nicholas Jackson is Erling Holland and he's scoring right. you know a goal every game. These guys struggle to score. Chelsea struggle to score. So I, I don't know if I actually agree with the with the, how the odds are, are laid out there. But let's get to our team parlay. And this is the Sunday game. This is the only Sunday match. So we're going to dive into this one. We got an Aston Villa, our home against West Ham. So Aston Villa are minus 115 to win. West Ham are plus 290. And then the draw is plus 275. And what are we getting for goals? So over two and a half goals is minus 180. Under two and a half goals is plus 140. The number is pretty high there. I was kind of surprised at, at why the number was minus 180 for over two and a half goals. Uh, but if you look into it a little more, these West Ham matches have been higher scoring than they were last season. They, they are allowing goals. Last season was like they're struggling to score, but they're not allowing goals. This season they're scoring, uh, but they seem to allow at least one goal in every game. So that's kind of going to – uh, why the over two and a half is minus 180. The thing I, I, I want to look at in this game is just, I think we got like a, a mental matchup here. We got Unai Emery against David yeah. Moyes. Uh, I think it's an interesting game because Emery, he, he's made this team to where he can change his strategy week by week, no matter whoever the opponent is. And West Ham 
kind of kind of play similar almost every game. They sit back more. They go on the counter. They get Bowen on the counter. They get Antonio on the counter. And I wonder if this is a spot where Emery is going to play it a little like a little the same way. He's going to try and match that. He's like, okay, West Ham, we're actually going to give you possession, and then we're going to see what you guys do with possession, and then they're going to try and steal it off of that, and then they're going to try and counter it themselves. I think that's kind of what they're going to do. Um, that's just my guess, but it, you know, it could maybe it's something else. But uh, what do you think is going to happen this game? Just going to give out one stat here, real quick. Yeah, and that's- go for it. West Ham are unbeaten against Villa in their last 10 Premier League matches. That's both home and away. Do you think that, you know, Villa are able to, 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 to like take all three points here? They're, they're playing at home here. You know, Villa Park going to be bouncing on a Sunday, less standalone game. Are you, you're, are you thinking that trend continues or, or Villa is able to grab a point or, or three? I think they can. I think Villa can get three points here. Uh, so they one matchup. There's been one matchup between this Emery, Unai Emery, Aston Villa team and West Ham under David Moyes. That was last March. It was 1-1. It was in West Ham. Uh, it was a pretty even match. Just looking at the numbers now, Aston Villa 59% possession. Uh, West Ham had more shots, more XG, more corners. And they're at home. And I again, I kind of wonder if Emery is just going to play some mind games here. He, and just let West Ham have a little more possession than they want to have and let him see, you know, what, what, what are they going to do with it kind of thing? I think that will be it. Every, they change their strategy against every opponent. That's, that's kind of why I just think that it's going to be something weird to where, and I think that'll benefit Aston Villa is kind of what I'm coming to. I actually like the Aston Villa side, but you got, you got something else here for the, for the team parlay. Yes, I wanted to ask you to set myself up here, but uh, I'm on West Ham double chance. There. Uh, <laughs> that's like the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving, <laughs> uh, but I'm on I'm on West Ham double chance uh, minus one twenty. I, you know, they're just Moyes just has such a good setup with them, and you know that's not to take away from Villa at all. But I think they've just got such a good setup. They they might have like three of my favorite players in the in the league right now in James Ward, Prowse, Bowen and, and Paqueta, but like they're, they're just so organized. I, I think that they can, they can, I don't, I, you know, three points is a lot to ask for, but certainly a draw. And, you know, this is the, this is like the fourth, just like great matchup of the weekend. And it's, it feels like it's going to be a treat on Sunday. Yeah. I think your bet makes sense. I think this has kind of like a one, one written all over it. And then, my thinking is maybe Aston Villa are going to get a late goal kind of thing. After the after the last international break, Aston Villa played Crystal Palace. I had, I had Aston Villa money line in that game. It was like minus 110, minus 105, something like yeah. that. Fairly good odds there. And Aston Villa pretty much dominated the game, but Crystal Palace scored in like the 50th off a counter with one of their few shots. And then kind of, I don't know, almost out of nothing, but – Aston Villa got three goals in the final 10 minutes of that match and my money line hit. So, okay, maybe that doesn't happen again. And, you know, West Ham, you know, they sneak some points out of this, which I I think is possible. Um, As you can see in these odds here, minus 105 earlier this morning, 10 hours ago, seems like Aston Villa got some money here in the last 10 hours because they're now minus 115. So that's kind of interesting. Maybe someone is – Maybe someone hacked into my computer and read my my Word document and saw that I was gonna that I'm that I'm, I'm writing up Aston Villa money line. Maybe, hopefully not. But uh, so my piece of this team parlay 
is so I had something else, but I'm going to throw that bet into my article. So check that out when it's up rotowire.com slash soccer. So instead I wanted to get, you know, a single game parlay with Chris for Sunday's match. So I put two things together. I got under one and a half goals in the first half and then Aston Villa over three and a half corners. And that's plus one Oh five, put those together. That's plus two sixty five. put that with West Ham double chance. That is so plus two sixty five. Uh, just a couple, you know, favored bets that I, that I have here under one and a half goals. The hope is that, okay, maybe these teams aren't just countering each other for, you know, the first 45 minutes and getting goals off, you know, Jared Bowen's on a one-on-one against Emmy Martinez and Watkins is on a oh, one-on-one against Ariola. Yeah, let's just hope that doesn't happen a couple times in the first 45 minutes. So under one and a half goals in the first half. And then a simple Aston Villa over three and a half corners. Uh, it's not a big number. They're home. As I already mentioned, West Ham don't play with a ton of possession. So I think they're going to get, they're probably going to get to about five plus corners, depending how this match goes. So plus 265 on that team parlay. Chris, are we going to get this one? I love it. I actually have under one and a half goals. First half in my notes, too, as another bet to mention. So you're there you all. Go. Um, so I, I don't need to say anything else about that. But, yeah, I, I mean, we're asking – I think my end of the bargain is the tough end of the bargain here with West Ham, uh, you know, needing to take a point. But I feel good about it. Ten Our games best. unbeaten. Ten games unbeaten. Come on. Our bets Come have on. to hit at some point. That's what That's what we'll keep saying. These bets have to hit It's a numbers at game point. at this point. Yeah, numbers game, you know. Statistically, they it will hit. But yeah, check out, as Chris mentioned earlier in the show, the FPL cheat sheet is up right here. We got all 10 matches. Liverpool are the biggest favorite on the slate. To get this cheat sheet, rotowire.com slash soccer trial, 48-hour trial. You're going to want that. We got Champions League coming up. We got a bunch of Champions League stuff coming out as well. I think we're going to have some Champions League betting articles next week as well, as long as my writers come through for me. You know, fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> um, Chris, you can find him at CHRO8 on Twitter. He's got a – now, you know, he did his early morning show. Now he's got to drive into work. So how about that yeah. dedication from Chris? You can find me at Roto Zedroik and Roto Wire Soccer at Roto Wire Soccer. Thank you, everyone, for watching this. Good luck on your bets, and let's let's get some winnings after this weekend. Let's get let's start this, uh, this post-international break. With some winnings, up up a little bit of money. How about that, Chris? Hey, no. Let's ride. Let's ride.